Hello, everyone. Glad you could join us on the Real People, Real God podcast. We'll spend the next little while getting to know God a little bit better by getting into the Bible and hearing what He has to say to us and through us. Welcome. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. My name is Tim Howard, and Pastor Chris Shepherdson is joining me in the series Fear of Death, Satan's Last Weapon. Hi, everyone. So we're happy to have you here, and we are so excited about bringing this to you. Uh, neither We were talking earlier, neither of us have really heard this topic in any um, great detail, and uh, so we're happy to bring it to you because we believe this is going to disarm the enemy for uh, from his weapon of fear that he holds over so many believers. And um, so our, our question that we're, uh, that we're focusing this series on is, you trust Jesus with your salvation, but do you trust him with your death? Um, so that's kind of where we're going with this. And if you've just joined us, um, I do suggest that you go back and, and hit part one um, to, to get a foundation of what we're talking about. But we're basically talking about the fear of death and how Satan uses that against us. And so in the first part, we kind of set a foundation for uh, what is death and where does it come from and who's responsible and, and all that kind of thing. So um, now we want to move on to the, to the question or to the, to the topic of why do we, as, as people and as Christians, why do we fear death? As a believer, I mean, technically, we shouldn't be fearing death. And, and, and I think this is why it doesn't get talked about is because there's almost a stigma if you admit, hey, I'm afraid to die. Because wait a minute, how could you be afraid to die? You're a believer. You know, there's so many scriptures that talk about death and what's going to happen and how God's telling us not to be afraid. So admitting you're afraid of it um, is the first is the first hurdle um, to overcoming the power of the enemy over that subject in your life, and that was where I was. I had to actually admit that. Wait a minute, I'm a believer, and I've been a believer a long time, and I'm afraid of this. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a lot of questions that have to come out to find out what is the what is the source of this, what's the root of it, because there's definitely a root. Yeah, there there definitely is, and you know, as I, as I was thinking, and and I know all of us at some point in our life face this question, face our own mortality and and how we feel about it. And we all respond in different ways. But I was just thinking, you know, what are what are some of the reasons that people fear death? And um, I guess one of the biggest is probably the unknown. Unknown. You know, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to me? I mean, I I know what the Bible says, but is that is that going to happen? You know, is that really going to happen? What what if I, you know, what happens if I, you know, when I face judgment or, or whatever? But so, so it's the unknown, you know, because nobody has truly, excuse me, nobody has truly went there and came back, you know, unless it's been, you know, a short period of time where they had some out of body experience or whatever. But nobody has been there for any length of time and came back to tell us except Jesus. Yep. So, you know, he's the one that has been there, done that and got the t-shirt <laughs> and he gives us all kinds of information regarding uh death and and eternal life and so on. So, people when people can't get an answer from the world, they get scared. Or yep. when people can't get an answer from science, 
they get scared or or when the government can't give them an answer or when the school can't give them an answer or, you know, when somebody can't give them an answer, you know, they they get scared. And, uh, you know, like right now we have some political things going on with um, different countries and, uh, you know, and people are wondering, you know, is the president going to send troops here and is is he going to send troops there? What's he going to do? You know, people are scared when they don't know what's going to happen, you know. And so it's kind of the same thing here with the unknown. They don't know what's going to happen. And so therefore, you know, they're they're afraid. Um, nobody's been there before. No textbook yep. tells us. Our, There's no movie our, reel. Our biology <laughs> class just tells us our body dies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, and this is probably an eye opener for a lot of believers to really consider if you are fearing death, maybe you fall into that category of, I don't have any answers. There's no educated yep answers for me what happens after you know and this is where you have to leave the education behind and focus on the faith this is where faith takes precedence over science and everything else and that is believing in the word of god and what he tells us happens with our life and i think this i mean i can only talk from my personal experience which is my personal experience. So it may not apply to everybody, but I discovered the root or for me, the root was doubting salvation. There's a, there's a, we know it in our head. We've said the words, we, we've lived the life. We've felt the presence of God. All these things happen. But if there's fear of death, this is the revelation I had. If there's a fear of death, you know, like you said in the very beginning, if we trust God with our salvation, we should trust him with our death. Um, but if there's a fear of death, that means to me what that meant was that I doubted my salvation. Mm-hmm. That means that when I die and I take my last breath, am I really going to be saved? Am mm-hmm. I? Did I do any last minute thing that he's not going to forgive? So I have to hold on to my life a little bit longer just to make sure that mm-hmm. I'm good. And, yeah. and that is a trap. Yeah. Let me just say that is a <laughs> trap. Yeah. It, there's no end to that. You, there's always another rung to the ladder. There's always another step to take because that's that's works, mm-hmm. trying to find that salvation that way. And there's no peace in that either. Yeah. And and I, I venture to say there's a lot of people in that same yeah, place. I agree. And, and there's a lot of people that don't realize how much a grip this fear, yeah. fear has on them because it's not been brought to their attention. Yeah. Maybe suppressed in some fashion and maybe that's what we're doing here. Maybe we're kind of bringing that to light. So, you know, people can face this and really look at it for what, what it is, what the Bible tells us. And some of the signs here, some, here's some questions we can ask ourselves. Do I limit my life? You know, and sometimes we limit our life because of fear and anxiety, but what's the very bottom foundation? What's the root of that fear and anxiety? Why are you afraid to venture out? Why are you limiting your access and you know, you want, you don't want to take risks. Well, you don't take a risk because you're afraid to die. Mm -hmm. You you don't want to go on this big roller coaster because it could break and you could die. You know, fear of heights, fear of all these things. The root of all that is the fear of death. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. the ultimate taking your life. So let's not take any risks yeah. because I want to preserve life. Like you can have any control over it. And those are ways that Satan gets in our heads. Yeah, right absolutely. And, and in the, the sad thing about that is many Christians, I believe are limited. The enemy has so much power and control over the life that they are just in handcuffs. Mm-hmm. They're in bondage and not truly free to be the Christian that God called them to be because they are very limited in what they can do. Yeah, it's like Satan's last name is phobia. I mean, <laughs> yeah. He, he, he wants everybody yeah. to be afraid yeah. because he knows if he if they're afraid, then he's got them where, where he exactly. wants Exactly, yeah. You know, and so... This this unknown, um, you know, as as we were we were talking about, I think is a is a is a key point for us to recognize. This is the separating point. This is where we have to yep. drop silence, uh, science, and and knowledge, and all the things that we depend on to bring us comfort and peace in this world through knowledge. We have to let go of yep. that and reach out. And grab on to the faith because it takes faith to believe that the Lord is and it takes faith to believe in what his word says. And if you're a Christian, you've already extended that faith and believe that Jesus is your savior. And if you believe that, then you have to believe or at least be working towards the belief um, that he's going to take care of you in your physical death. You know, and if that if you have to ask the question or if you're, if you're hearing that statement that Tim just said, and there's questions in your mind, like, well, I don't quite know that I believe that yet, then that this is the time to really just stop where you are. I mean, don't allow this to continue. You know, this is time to, to stop and pause and say, okay, God, reveal to me what the root of this is. You know, sometimes it could be a traumatic experience in your childhood. You saw somebody die and, and it left a mark on your life, but there's a lot of different reasons, but it's an opportunity for allowing the Holy Spirit to, to bring revelation, to set you free. Yeah. It's, it's so, uh, so crippling for us. And, and I know a lot of people really don't realize how much it is. Um, but as a pastor, you know, um, both of us can tell you that over time we've seen, um, where this has been such a huge thing. Um, uh, you know, people so scared over, um, years ago in the year 2000, uh, Y2K. Oh um, gosh. Yeah. People so scared about that. Um, so scared about financial collapse, so scared about, um, you know, the, uh, when a few years back there was, uh, a radio, uh, preacher that declared that the the Bible gave the exact date of uh, when he was coming again. And um, people sold their um, houses and got in RVs and drove across the country trying to tell everybody. And and so many people were afraid. And uh, it was this really um, actually kind of pathetic. It it actually got to that point. And um, but none of it turned out to be true. But but these are Christian people. So, you know, they were really afraid. And, um, you know, I think they were able to people say, well, how did they ever let that happen? And I think the bottom line is, is they were in that place of that bondage to where the fear had gripped them to that point that anything would cause them to do something like that to save their life. Yeah, that's so true. So true. Um, So um, we want to just talk a little bit about, you know, I think we've made it clear that this this fear comes from from Satan, comes from the enemy. but I wanted to throw some scriptures behind that um, and uh, just share a couple. Do you have any? 
I do. Um, there's one that where Jesus was talking in John chapter 14. It's verses 1 through 6, and I'm reading from the ESV. It says, Jesus is talking. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, and if it were not so, would I have not told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am you will be also. And you know that the way where I'm going, and Thomas, and we hear, you know, he talks about Thomas not knowing. But he says, let not your hearts be troubled. And he's talking about life after death, what happens after we die, after mm-hmm. we pass from this life to the next. And he's showing, he's giving a window to his disciples and to us as we read it. There's more to life than just what we physically see today. And yeah. there's comfort in that. And, and there's a reason why many uh, pastors read that at funerals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a good reason behind that. That's not just a, uh, uh, a funeral scripture. Um, there's a reason for that. So if you really think about that, you know, you'll understand that a little bit. Yep. Um, 2 Timothy 1.7, I love this. This is the uh, English Standard Version. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So, you know, let me just say this about fear. There is a natural, um, a natural fear that we have that keeps us alive, like the fear of running in front of a car, right. the fear of falling off a cliff, um, you know, f- uh, fight or flight. Uh, these, these are just natural instincts that we have. Yeah. We're just protecting ourselves. When we talk about fear, we're going beyond that. We're talking about the fear, uh, that just kind of cripples us. The fear from, you know, going out and driving over a bridge, uh, you know, because we're afraid of that the bridge will give away or, or that kind of fear. So we're not talking about the fear that keeps us, you know, alive from normal things. We're talking about this deep seated fear. And, um, this fear is Satan is responsible for. This is not, you know, God gives us a, a healthy fear to stay alive, yep. um, but he does not give us a spirit of fear, uh, a fear that stays with us, a, 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 um, a spirit of fear that um, just cripples us. He does not give that to us. So that is not of him. If you are living in, in this fear of death or any kind of fear, really, uh, it's not of God. Um, it's, uh, it's of the enemy. Um, and to move on, First John four eighteen in the English Standard Version says, "There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love." So, yeah. we talk about the fear of God, and the Bible talks a lot about the fear of God, and that's a reverent fear. Um, but also, uh, especially when we talk about Old Testament, it's the fear of God's wrath. Yeah, and um, you know, God showed it to me this. Uh, this way one time, uh, sometime long ago, he showed me that if you're a believer, then you have reverence for God. You have no reason to fear him. If you're living the best you know how for Jesus, you have no reason to fear his wrath. However, if you're not a believer, you have every reason to fear his wrath. You know, so if you're protected under his umbrella by the blood of Jesus and you are living a repentant life, I need to add that, um, then you have no reason to fear the wrath of God unless right. you are living in sin. Um, and if you are not a believer, 
then you need to fear God's wrath uh, a lot. Which is in, which is why I think he chose to use the word fear for both both situations. Yes. Yeah. Even though I mean they they're both the same word. Yeah. But it has depends on your position mm-hmm. on how that is for your life. And and look what the enemy's doing in First Peter five eight. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. You know, you have a, a pursuer, somebody that's pursuing you, somebody that's trying to, um, you know... Take you down. To take you down, <laughs> trying to yeah. devour you. And uh, so, you know, realize that this is a real thing, and he's going to use whatever... Uh, you know, whatever method he might do and, and fear if we give him that, it's like, it's like handing our enemy the weapon and saying here, you know, when we're living in this fear, you know, we'll just give him the weapon and say, do what you want. And, uh, that's what it's like. Um, James four, seven, this is our protection against the enemy. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And how do you resist him in, in, in this manner is you learn the truth and you yeah. believe the truth and stop listening to his lies. Yep, taking those thoughts captive because that's where it starts. The fears typically start in the mind and, and that's where the enemy has a field day with our thoughts. And if we take those captive and say, wait a minute, God says, the word says this, and that's where we overcome it right there in our mind. It's, it's when we let it go beyond that, that it begins to take root, yeah. you know, and can really wreak havoc in our life. There's so many scriptures, Tim, that talk about, you know, death and courage or death and faith all in the same paragraph, Mm -hmm. you know, so obviously God is trying to get us a message that there should be as a believer, there should be no reason to fear, but there actually should be comfort in death, you know, and with Jesus's words in John 14, we just read, you know, be of great courage. Don't be afraid. You know, what I'm telling you is comforting. Don't be troubled, you know, and if our relationship, as you said, you know, if our relationship with God is where it should be, we should feel comfort. That's right. That's right. We should. And, um, um, we were talking earlier, we started this episode with, uh, why do we fear death? And we've been talking about that. Uh, but let me add to that also. Um, now this might be this is this is worth thinking about. Let me just put it that way. Pondering for a while. But there is a time for mourning in death when yeah. somebody we know dies, someone's close to us. And 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 I think, you know, the Lord gives us that in in you know, there's compassion. Jesus Jesus wept. Jesus was sad when Lazarus was dead and so on. But um, in Numbers twenty twenty nine says, and when all the congregation saw that Aaron had perished, all the house of Israel wept for Aaron for thirty days. Um, and uh, Jesus says in Matthew f- uh, five four in the Beatitudes, he said, "Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted." Yeah. And and once again in Ecclesiastes three four, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. So mourning, I mean, it's all through the Old Testament yeah. law. It's there is a time, and we we want you to understand that that you're allowed to to mourn. You know, God wants you to do that. He wants you to, you know, your your emotions, your body, your mind is going to um, have to deal with the loss of somebody, and it's only natural for yeah. that to happen. But it is for a season. Uh, 
it's not for a long period of time. It becomes dangerous when it becomes yeah, yeah. It, a, a way of life. Starts, yeah, it starts to get in the way, and uh, yeah. So um, that's that's something that we need to um, heal from. Time helps. Um, mm-hmm. Comfort from God helps, uh, and other people close to us being there for us helps. But it is important um, that we that we um, heal from that and that we move on. Um, but they, what I wanted to say, uh, along with that time of mourning is that there is a selfishness that can be involved in death. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, that's, it's, sometimes it's hard to think about and hard to consider, but it is very true. Uh, a lot of times, you know, we, when somebody dies, we're sad because they're no longer with us. Right. You know, and if they're believers, they're in a better place anyway, but they're no longer with us. So we miss them. So we miss them. And that's natural and that's good. But if we don't want somebody to die because we will miss them, but yet God has a plan for them, at some point we've got to really think about what we're saying. Um, You know, not that we're intentionally being prideful or selfish, but, you know, we sometimes have to reach a point where we have to let go of people in our minds and say, Hey, that's a believer. You know, they need to go. Don't let me hold them back. Yeah. You know, and it's the same thing that, you know, that we, there's people, there's Christians that, you know, look at the, uh, what's going on around them in the news and everything. And they say, Oh Lord, come now, please come Lord Jesus. Don't wait any longer. And, um, but that's, that's prideful. That's a little, um, that's a little uh, um, selfish because, in my opinion anyway, because the Lord says, you know, he's not, he doesn't wish that anyone should perish, but all should come to repentance. And the scripture even says he's waiting. Yeah. Um, the reason Jesus hasn't come back yet is because he's waiting for more people to come into the kingdom. Yeah. So if I'm wanting him to come now, that means I don't want anybody else to come into the kingdom of God. Because I'm trying it's to, it's going to deny some that we're exactly. supposed to come tomorrow. So that's or, selfish of me yeah. to say that. So we need to just think about that a little bit. I'm not saying everybody that you know, everybody's selfish that you know is um, doesn't want somebody to die. None of us do, um, but we really need to reconsider that when it comes to believers and think. You know, look, we got to understand where they're going and what they're going to be um, spending eternity with God. And, and I think if we had the revelation of where they were going. And what actually was going to happen, you know, First Thessalonians chapter 4 talks about that. It says, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who fall or asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. So he's not saying here that we shouldn't grieve as others do. We don't need to grieve without hope is what he's saying. We have hope that those that are in Christ that have already passed away, they're with Jesus right now. Mm -hmm. They're in a place that we all want to be. You know, just, just think of the last time you were in God's presence and multiply that thousands of times and what they must be experiencing being in his presence face to face. We don't want to deny them that if it's their time to go. Yeah, that's right. And, and, uh, God brought something to my mind, um, you know, more recently about this topic and, uh, kind of just brought it home a little bit. Um, my my daughter is is getting married soon and uh her and her new husband um are planning to move 9 hours away and so everybody's been saying 
well, since she's a daddy's girl, you know, <laughs> how are you going to take that? How you doing? How you doing? And I'm really doing well. And the reason I say that is because I have thought about this a lot. And the reason I have thought about this is my daughter is about ready to embark on the adventure of her lifetime. Yeah. You know, she's getting ready to move away, get married, move away, start a life of her own, start a home of her own, start a family of her own. What an awesome adventure. And uh, so, yes, I will indeed miss her greatly. But I, in my mind, in my heart, I'm more excited about her adventure than I am missing her. And so, you know, that's just something God kind of brought to my mind. And, you know, when it comes to death for the believer, are we more excited about yeah. where they go, where they're going or are we more focused on they won't be with us anymore? Yeah. So yeah, it's just it's just a perspective, you know, just something to ponder, just something something to think about. I mean, sep- like you said, Tim, separation's never pleasant. I mean, when we love somebody, and to lose them is painful, and, yes. and there's no denying that. Like you said, in Ecclesiastes, there is a time to mourn, and it's okay. And there's there's no condemnation if you're mourning over someone's death or loss of something like that. But we yeah. need to rejoice and remember that, hey, wait a minute, I'm not going to allow myself to fall into a, a pit of depression or anxiety or whatever, because they're in a place that I can't wait to go someday, yeah, you know? that's right. We have an exciting, you know, to yeah. be absent with, from the body is to be present with the Lord, and that's something, you know, but that takes faith. Like right. you said earlier, this is a walk of faith, yes. and we can't see heaven. We can't see what it feels like. All we know is what he said, yep, and he's right. made lots of promises about it, so we need to stand on that. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so, you know, we've covered a lot in this episode, and um, uh, we're going to close out this episode and, and uh uh, we want you to join us for for part three. Uh, a lot of information. We've talked about a lot of things, and we've got a lot more to go. Um, so, um, thank you for joining us for this episode. And uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll um, uh, we'll put out the next one. So please join us again to hear part three. Thank you, and God bless. Bye. We're so glad you could join us for this episode of the Real People, Real God podcast. You can support this podcast by visiting www.valleyviewchapel.net and click on the donate button. Music was by Kevin McLoyd, and my name is Tim Howard. Until next time, may the Spirit of God continue to teach you His ways.